Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Let's, why don't we? We. We, similar to the royal we, the podcast we, means you and I. Yes? Why don't we shimmy on down to the brain of me? What the fuck? Uh, that was a sentence that I started and didn't know where it was going, clearly. And by the end, it was interesting. We've got that going for us. Weave. Oh, I have to cough. Wait. Oh, okay. I paused it. Um, normally, I'm not so ready, but I, I think it's because I just started with recording that I was still near the pause button should remember that more often. Uh, as I was saying, we are going to shimmy on down to my brain and uh, explore some of the media I have consumed, because that is what this podcast is, for some reason. Uh, rather than... Uh, uh, oh, you know what I should say? Uh, I don't know what is happening in this opening, first off. And secondly, uh, you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility because I don't want to ruin things. There's enough in this world these days that has been ruined. Just the world period. Let's let's burn it all down and start fresh. I say movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Mushy Cactus. Thank you for that sponsorship. I uh, only have two movies, and I don't know. I haven't done too many movie monologues where I've only had two movies, and I can pretty much guarantee I've never done only two movies that were so incredibly different from one another. So that is a record that we're breaking on here on episode 537, which is something. Movie the first, Steel Magnolias I watched. Yes, The Misses, as you can imagine, this was not a, a movie selection of my choice. Not that, uh, you know, uh, 1980s, uh, is this a rom, that's not really a rom-com. Well, that's the problem with I have with this movie. It, it doesn't, it, nothing happens. It's just people doing things. They'll sit and have a conversation for 10 minutes about, like, nothing and somehow yeah no wonder this is a two hour long movie it felt like it was a four hour long movie just because nothing like almost nothing happened in this movie there was like one one main thing that happened to one of the characters um and, and that didn't happen until like a freaking hour and a half into the movie practically uh and, and then it was over with and then we're back to the sitting and chatting and talking about nothing which you know seinfeld did it 
Why, why can't Steel Magnolias do it, you might ask? Because they had it. They, it was funny on Seinfeld. What's the difference? Okay, so... <clears throat> all I knew of this movie, Steel Magnolias, was that it was like a punchline for like jokes back in the day. Like, oh, oh yeah, you're, you're a big Steel Magnolias fan, are you? To like uh, make fun of the manliness of men. Um, and, and, and that's it. So, uh, because I'm very comfortable with any levels of manliness I have, or don't, do not have, as the case may be, uh, I thought, you know, it's time to watch it. Plus, the missus, she, she was like watching, uh, she was watching it in, uh, bits and pieces, she said, over the years. She's never actually seen the thing start to finish, but, uh, apparently loves the bits and pieces she's seen, which is another weirdness of this movie. How has she misses seen bits and pieces of this movie seemingly since 1989 uh, and never sat down and watched the full movie despite loving those bits and pieces well that's silly and i felt that needed to be rectified at the very least so i did agree to watch it let me read the imda maybe that'll give us some hint to what this movie is about uh a young beautician newly arrived in a small louisiana town finds work at a local salon what the fuck where a small group of women share close bond friendship and welcome her into the fold first of all that is ridiculous whoever wrote that because the newly arrived small town girl is probably has the smallest part of all the girls in this movie uh that one is uh, that girl is played by daryl hannah yeah daryl hannah uh, in, in like a, a, a 1980s nerd makeup, you might call it, like with the glasses, basically, big big glasses and sort of shy and meek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not even the main part of the movie. That that is, oh my god. Uh, you know what? Just uh, I was gonna give this a two, this this movie a two out of five. But because of that horrible IMD description, I'm now giving it a one out of five for Steel Magnolias. I've never had, I don't really have strong negative opinions about movies on this very often. Uh, however, this one, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not a movie. It could be, the, this movie could be a 15 minute short film and it's a two hour long movie that felt like four hours. Okay. So Maybe I'm not exactly the demographic for Steel Magnolias. Let's move on to a better movie? Question mark? The Meg from 2019. Better in some regards, but also not a good movie. Uh, uh, so Bad It's Good. It, it's got moments of So Bad It's Good. The acting, uh, uh, in particular, really, really bad. Like, uh, is it comically bad? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, it, it sort of treads the line. Of just being bad where you're like, oh god. And then being bad where you're laughing at it, it's so bad. So I, I would rather it diverge into that that laughter badness more often. Uh, a group, let me read the IMDA of this one. Let me see if I'm going to take marks off for it. I bet not. Uh, a group of scientists exploring the Marianas Trench encounter the largest marine predator that has ever existed, the Megalodon. Okay, accurate. See? That's how you do it how you do it uh this of course stars uh, jason statham uh, you got some rain wilson and others uh, ruby rose yeah uh people get eaten by shark uh <clears throat> it's fine uh it, it's a big shark movie 
period full stop uh you know what it it does have some laughs i uh did a thing that i don't know if i've ever done as accurately as i have within the first two minutes and 30 seconds of this movie uh, i said to the missus okay here's my prediction of exactly what is going to happen in this movie and (laughs) it was spot on uh, I, I, okay, uh, there was one thing that was different. Okay, so my prediction was, and this is a spoiler because I was exactly right, was uh, after seeing uh, Jason Statham uh, get into some trouble underwater, there, I won't spoil that, uh, I said, okay, so here's what's going to happen. Scientists somehow, some way, accidentally unleash this beast um, on the globe, this, this massive uh, 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 whatever, this massive shark. And the only person who can save the day is Jason Statham because we need the best. Even though he's been, you know, drummed out of the Navy in disgrace. And uh, I even predicted that he was going to be like in some sort of a, a, a salvage, like uh, still working sort of in the the marine type engine. I, I predicted salvage, but apparently he's a boat mechanic. So that was the one thing that I wasn't exactly right on. Um, and yeah, that's that's what this movie is. Uh, the shark looks pretty cool. Um, you know, rating wise, jeez, uh, I'll, I'll go three point nine. Yeah, uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, but uh, the, there was some uh, there was some fun in this one, let's say. Which you know, if you're gonna choose between the Meg and Steel Magnolias, first of all, that's a weird friggin' choice to make right there. But uh, I'll recommend the Meg every time. Today's television talk sponsor is the Knowledge Power Company. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, Television talk uh, in which we were talking television specifically (laughs) last week tonight. Which, um, what I'll sort of do, I tend to do uh, with these, is uh, they're available on YouTube. Uh, You do need, uh, as I am in Canada, uh, you do need a a VPN to watch them because they're not available in Canada. Uh, So I'll usually let uh, let some build up a little bit and then uh, watch them all. I don't know. That's just how I rolled with these. Because uh, uh, you got to sort of, I feel like, really sit down and let them sink in um, and get into a zone for them. Because although they are funny, hilarious, and John Oliver does an amazing job of making... Uh, incredible, difficult uh, 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 topics. Thing he he makes it so that they sink in through the use of both uh, information and uh, comedy and wit, and he does a lot of things right to uh, to talk about stuff like this, which I am not going to be able to. <laughs> I have realized as I am saying these words right now. So uh, he he spoke of, like, like, should I give my opinions on these? Who cares what my opinion is? He spoke of uh, police, voting by mail, uh, coronavirus, colon, sports, coronavirus, uh, colon, 
testing and the United States Postal Service are the uh, the grouping I have chosen for this uh, particular television talk. Uh, so vote, uh, let's, let's do an easy one. Voting by mail. Yeah. Why aren't you doing that? <laughs> Duh, even I, I, I'm hoping uh, when the next election comes around in Canada, uh, we have that as an option. Uh, you know, why, why, why wouldn't it be an option? Why wouldn't you have people be safe unless you don't want them to vote because you know, they're going to vote against you. Yeah. Uh, sports. Okay. Coronavirus sports, uh, as someone who, uh, cares basically nothing for sports, you know, uh, don't have a strong opinion either way on that. Uh, you know what, L- let me throw it this way. And this is how I felt of hockey for a long time being a Canadian, uh, my friends who like hockey when their when their team quote unquote does well and they are happy when their team does well that makes me happy. Uh, you know, seeing my friends happy over a sport makes me happy. Uh, uh, but personally, I, I really don't care if sports ever come back. You know, just sort of period. Uh, uh, United States Postal Service, uh, not, I, I bet you there is some similarities with the, uh, Canadian, uh, Canada Post, as we call it up here, um, in that I don't know if it is a money-making, quote-unquote, business. Why am I saying quote-unquote so much during this segment? I don't know, quote-unquote. Uh, <laughs> so... And perhaps it should be, uh, it's a, it's a, is it a, is it a government run thing? So does it need to make money? Should it be there to make money? Should it be there to help people? There's, there's some curious questions around that. Um, there was some worry that it will just sort of collapse, which uh, would be trouble for a lot of people. Uh, not, not, not even including the ones who actually work for the USPS. Uh, so you know, that, that was an interesting one. Do, do they need to charge more? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I recommend all of these, but that one's sort of got a, a lot of interesting, uh, ins and outs, let's say, uh, testing. Oh my God. <laughs> Donald Trump saying, um, with no, I feel like with no sense of irony, with, with, with no understanding of what he's saying, which, you know, maybe that's not unusual, uh, saying that, we're going to, we, we want to slow down testing because all the testing is revealing a lot of sick people. And that's why our numbers are so high. So if we slow down the testing, our numbers won't be so high. What the actual fuck is going on in the world? <sighs> uh, and then last but not least, uh, defund the police. Today's book banter sponsor is Gully Dwarf Cleaning Services. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, if you've been following my journey through uh, Dragonlance books, uh, last we spoke, I finished The Meetings Sextet, which was a uh, six-book series where we sort of uh, met the characters of these books, uh, the Dragonlance Chronicles. Uh, so it, it was sort of a prequels. Were they written? I think they were written second, like written before these books or written after these books. Sorry. 
Um, so it, it, it's, which I, I hadn't read those, or maybe I'd read like one or two, uh, seemed a little familiar. So uh, I thought it would be sort of cool to, um, when I'm rereading these books, the Dragonlance Chronicles, uh, to go in uh, with that sort of the knowledge of those books under my belt. And maybe it would sort of uh, uh, give me a little more depth, which I think it very much did. So I, I would recommend this. Um, and my sort of reading lately has been just like, like sometimes I'll throw in a book where like, uh, like, like maybe a classic or, uh, or a biography or, you know, something that I feel like I should read uh, and, and maybe not, uh, it's closer to should read than want to read. Whereas now I'm just like, you know, give me the fantasy I know and love and I'm just going to power through these. They're, they're some of my favorite. They're, they're, uh, oh shoot. I had the perfect, uh, way of describing these books, uh, uh, fantasy books in general, but, but probably these in particular, uh, comfort food. Yeah. Duh. Uh, comfort food books. Uh, that's very much what these are for me. Uh, this one is titled dragons of autumn twilight. Oh, uh, I, I, if I had to guess third time reading, uh, over the, the many years that I have read books, um, this was probably among the first that got me sort of hooked into the, the, the fantasy world. Uh, these are, they're, they're Dungeons and Dragons-esque very, very much. Uh, I don't think they, they don't really take place in Forgotten Realms. It's their own sort of separate things, but... Um, it's all sort of intertwined in that world. Uh, you, you could easily get it confused and you'd be fine if you did so. Uh, let me read the good reads here. Uh, lifelong friends, they went their separate ways. Now they are together again. Though each holds secrets from the others in his heart, or her heart, should say there, uh, they speak of a world shadowed with rumors of war. They speak of tales of strange monsters, creatures of myth, creatures of legend. They do not speak of their secrets, not then, not until a chance encounter with a beautiful, sorrowful woman who bears a magical crystal staff draws the companions deeper into the shadow, forever changing their lives and shaping the fate of the world. No one expected them to be heroes, least of all themselves. See now that whoever wrote that, ooh, gave gave me a little bit of little goosebumps there. So you know, uh, and and also because after uh, rereading this, really just sort of cemented my love of these characters and this world. Um, easy, easy, jeez, I was gonna say easy five out of five, but probably six out of five uh, for this book in particular. If you like just some, just pure fun. Uh, escape from this horrible world into a world of fantasy that is also having its troubles, but, you know, they're far removed from us. The troubles are <laughs> dragon-related, mostly. Uh, which, you know, fucking that'll be next month, probably. Goddamn dragons coming back. <sighs> Anyways, uh, this, the, this series in particular, I, I know, is going to uh, help get me through these times, and uh, I, I love it. Just period, period, full stop, full stop to the degree where I'm going to push a button like this.
Today's game, Gavin sponsor is Cabbages. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I got a sort of an interesting one here. Uh, I've been playing a little Skyrim VR. Oh, I don't think I ever brought this up. Uh, I purchased this game. Oh, geez, maybe as long as a year ago. Uh, on uh, when I had my old PC, which was you know it was it was a beefy PC. I, I still have it, uh, using it more as a media center right now, and it's a, it's it's nothing to scoff at. However, uh, it wouldn't quite run this game. It wasn't quite powerful enough. It would run it a little bit. It was choppy though, and uh, it would crash a little bit, and it, and it just was not quite up to snuff. However, with the new PC I got. Uh, runs it with ease. Yeah, uh, I, I got a really uh, a beefed up, which I actually spoke of uh, in a previous episode, sort of the, the purchasing, the setting up, and stuff like that. Um, so regardless, uh, I've been playing this, and uh, uh, every once in a while I used to dust off Skyrim, and then I sort of came to the realization that uh, I'm not going to do that again until I can play it in VR. Uh, and, and so that's what I've been doing. Uh, and, and the other thing I've done is... Um, the mods, like I, I've played Skyrim with mods before. Um, is mods short for modifications? I don't actually know. Hmm. Uh, where you'll go uh, to like a site and get like these uh, usually, uh, yeah, most of the time, uh, community generated uh, mods that will, you know, uh, do things to your game. Like uh, maybe improve the UI or uh, add new spells or just adds new contents. You know, maybe it'll add a cool sword or uh, uh, add a bunch of uh, half-naked women. You know, I'm just saying that's a possibility. <laughs> so I didn't go crazy because um, if you have too many of them, uh, they can like uh, screw up your game. So uh, basically all I added was, uh, because I was playing, I, I decided to play sort of a classic character that I've played before uh, uh, in games like this. I call her Pandorica, which is uh, basically just like a like an evil uh, magic wielding, because I definitely wanted to do magic, because I didn't want to be swinging my arms around with a sword, because you are literally swinging your arms around. Whereas... When I'm, you know, throwing fireballs, I, I can just sort of, like, flick my wrist and uh, shoot people with it. So that's pretty cool. It gives you a real sense of power. Another thing, uh, the, just sort of on a similar note, is uh, when you are fighting a, you know, a bear in Skyrim, uh, in, in non-VR Skyrim, you know, the bear's pretty big compared to you uh, on the screen, but, you know, it's on the screen. It's a bear on a screen. A big deal. Now, when you're fighting a bear in VR and it's, like, towering above you, uh, it's a, definitely a different uh, sensation. It's it's something you have to uh, sort of experience for yourself, I feel like, because it, it's bear-sized. <laughs> and when it stands up and starts swinging at you, and all you're, and you're like at belly button height, does a bear have a belly button? Yeah, I guess it would. Um, uh, most mammals would, right? Anyways, uh, <laughs> why did we get into belly button talk? Ooh, maybe that's the title of this episode. Belly button talk sure possibly we'll see um yeah it's definitely interesting so uh, the the other mod i added was i wanted a follower because a lot of the uh, mods give these like uh, in incredibly intricate uh, uh backstoried uh mission 
uh, uh, side quest uh, 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 followers that you can have. So I chose <laughs> what the hell's her name? Uh, I, I forget what her name is. It's it's some like fantasy name, and she's just got. Uh, and this is for I will admit the uh, the thirteen year old boy in me giant boobs yeah like just bigger than there's no way she could keep up with me because her back would be in so much pain boobs uh ridiculous i know maybe a little sexist uh, but you know what i'm uh it's not dissimilar to dragons of the autumn twilight i'm doing this to escape from reality into a, a, a literal fantasy world in vr so, if I want to have someone following me around with giant boobs and helping me fight dragons, who are you to argue with that, right? Comfort food. <laughs> oh, God. Good thing nobody listens to this podcast, right? Uh, what else? Uh, I, I, I haven't quite delved into the main mission too much, um, but uh, as soon as I finish the side missions... Um, where I have to, like, rescue all this girl's friends who, as you can imagine, also have giant boobs. Um, so that's sort of what I... Hello? Okay, sorry. Looked like my uh, recording stopped there for a second. Probably. All this boob talk. Didn't care for it. Uh, so my plan is, because I've never done these missions before, because they're new and I downloaded them uh, with, this, uh, uh, with, with these mods... Uh, I'm going to run through those first and then maybe go into uh, the sort of main mission and then take it from there. And then uh, potentially just every once in a while, you know, dust off a little Skyrim VR and uh, do a couple of missions and a couple of tombs. A um, lot of fun. Rating wise so far, geez, do I go five out of five? Sky Skyrim, you know, back in the day and, and the times I've played it, I've, I'm sure I've always given five out of five, probably six out of five. Uh Skyrim VR, it's it's re-engaged me with the franchise a little bit. So, uh, for that, I thank it. Eh? Oh, get this last button here. Where are we? Here it is. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is TravelerCon 2020, now exclusively online. Thank you, sponsor. We're talking Critical Role Season 2, Episode 17 to 99. <laughs> That's a fucking weird way to do it, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how long ago, but it wasn't that long ago, I spoke of Critical Role uh, Season 2, Episode 1 to 16, because uh, that was right near the start of the quarantine, actually. Yes. Uh, my, my, I'll just give you a little backstory. Uh, Critical Role has always seemed sort of impenetrable. Just for the reason that it's, you know... I, I, I didn't start with the first season because I read online um, that you could start on the second and you'd be totally fine. And it's, got, and it's a little, quote-unquote, better just in terms of they've got shit figured out by then. Uh, and, and I can verify that I watched the entire thing, all 99 episodes available, uh, up until as I am recording this anyways. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll have no issues. There's the very, very odd mention to the previous campaign and nothing will be spoiled for you 
uh, you don't have to worry about that. So there's one little uh, helpful tidbit to you. Now, uh, the reason I felt it was uh, impenetrable is because it is, well, now it's 99 episodes long. And each episode is, you know, three to friggin' like five hours long. So I thought, oh god, yeah, I, I just don't have that sort of time. However, when you are stuck inside all day, every day, forever, seemingly, uh, you suddenly, you, suddenly you have a lot uh, of extra time on your hands. So, uh, making a, a lemonade out of the lemons, I decided I'm going to sit down and watch it and. That is just what I've done. Um, flew through it at a insane degree, and uh, I don't normally rate things in the internet intercourse segment. However, easy, five out of five. Yeah, I, I have incredibly enjoyed it. I've laughed billion billions of times uh, throughout. I've laughed throughout. Very very funny. Um, I've probably cried a couple of times. Yeah, very emotional. Uh, very deep, engaging story, and plus, it's, you know, Dungeons and & Dragons, and they do throw in some of the, the, the math, and the numbers, and the roles, and the, and, and the spell descriptions, so, uh, and, and that's something I've often said of D&D podcasts, which this basically is, like, you can listen to the, uh, audio-only version, uh, and you would still get enjoyment, uh, however, visuals play, a uh, especially during battles where uh, Matt Mercer will throw down like a, a cool map with maybe some effects and he's got access to, you know, probably every mini ever made. So uh, very, very cool to actually watch um, rather than just listen. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, what I look for in a D and D podcast has always been, uh, and this is after much experimentation. Uh, it, it's gotta be not 100% role play 100% of the time, which this isn't, uh, they'll go out of character and they'll, they'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, just shoot the shit and, uh, uh, and maybe some past adventures and, and yeah. Anyways, uh, it's, uh, I, I like to see some of the, the, the dice rolls, the numbers, the, the, the spell descriptions that the actual D and D mechanics, I, I, I like a little lot mixed in there. And uh, it has to be funny. So uh, this has all of those in spades. Uh, so it uh, should be no surprise that I very much enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Matt Mercer and uh, uh, the community around this, seemingly uh, very nice people, which uh, we end every podcast, uh, all 500, however many, uh, with it's nice to be nice to the nice. And seemingly these are nice people who care about, you know, the world which I, uh, I can appreciate. Uh, and uh, it's just, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, debating now whether I should go back and watch season one, I think I'm going to take a little break and watch uh, maybe some comedies or just an actual television show first, but uh, probably will. And seemingly this uh, quarantine will be going on for a fair chunk longer. So uh, I probably shouldn't uh, have an issue going through those as well. How many episodes of those are there actually? I don't know off the top of my head. Regardless, uh, critical role. I am now a fan of, uh, item the second, uh, I knew I was going to have trouble with this. The lasso. Javier, uh, T H A L A S S O Thalasso Javier. 
uh, he is, or she, uh, I don't think you actually see, I, I guess you see a hand here and there, and it looks like a masculine hand, uh, is an individual who makes uh, uh, dioramas using uh, primarily around this sort of the medium of uh, epoxy resin which I've been, I feel like I've been watching a lot of epoxy resin, like to the degree where I looked into getting epoxy resin and that's just expensive, man. Uh, because I wanted to make like, like I wanted to think about like, Oh man, what can I make with this stuff? How much is it? And then I looked and it was like a hundred dollars for not that much. So like, uh, anyways, uh, so he makes like, uh, here's one, uh, forgotten shrine and guardian. So it's basically like, uh, he made this picture perfect, uh, uh, like, like Japanese shrine, um, it, uh, beside like a lake. And it's all sort of like, it's, it's hard to describe. Well, if you know what a diorama is, uh, I suppose it's not. And, uh, in this lake is like this, uh, monster sort of peering up at the, the, the monster is even bigger than the shrine, sort of like the Meg. Hey, a little bit the Meg like the Meg like. Uh, and that seems to be a bit of a theme where it'll be sort of a beautiful architecture with a fucking giant creepy monster in it. <laughs> so very, very cool. And if you're unfamiliar with epoxy, it's like this liquid that you pour, uh, pour and then it like hardens like, you know, like rock. So, uh, it allows him to sort of position this monster and it's a uh, see-through as well. So it, it, he, he puts in like some blue tint to make it look like water. Very, very cool. And just sort of like, what are they? 20, 10, 15. So, uh, you know, in that, uh, minutes I'm talking, uh, in that neighborhood of just watching him build these incredible things. Uh, and it's just very relaxing. And a lot of the things I've spoken of here today have to do with just sort of, you know, just, just, taking a step back relaxing a little bit taking her sleazy ASMR uh, and, and this falls under that category that just you know watching someone build a thing and there, there's uh, there might be some music but he doesn't talk throughout it which uh, a lot of these style of video seems to have that in common maybe some text will pop up on the screen but you know it's just very very chill which, uh, in the search for chill during quarantine, this is a thing I have found and I share with you, uh, moving on to uh, cyberpunk delay. Oh yeah. So that's sort of interesting. Um, geez, by the time this comes out, no, no, no. Yeah. It's coming out in September now, which, uh, the, the sort of consensus that I am a part of. So maybe I, who even cares that I bring it up is that, uh, video games when they are of this huge nature this the uh, this sort of everyone wants to get their hands on it um when they are uh announce a date and that date is not going to be met and they say oh sorry we we need more time to make this perfect um it used to be back in the day when that happened, uh, everyone would be pissed off. But now, uh, and I like this, which is maybe why I wanted to bring it up, uh, the sort of general consensus seems to be that when a video game maker says, ah, you know what, it's not quite ready yet, we need a little more time, um, here's the new date. Uh, when that happens, people are like, yeah, you know what, I would rather you do that than release an unfinished game. So uh, it, it tends to... 
uh, in the video game industry, including uh, the video game media industry, seems to garner a lot of respect when a, a company does this. So just sort of interesting how times have changed seemingly just around this in particular. And uh, I like it, so I mention it. And also I want to play the shit out of this game, so... Uh, yeah... Uh, last but not least, a, a very honorable mention to uh, Girls on Porn, which is a podcast I've spoken of uh, in the past, I am sure, at least a couple times, I think. Um, uh, two uh, women sit and talk about uh, uh, various themes, genres, categories. Yeah, probably categories is the most accurate. Uh, different categories of pornography. Um, and the, the reason I wanted to mention this one, because they did a, a, a fun, silly thing that is also very, very smart. Uh, they uh, just reached their episode 69, and can you guess what the category of the pornography they decided to talk about uh, for their episode 69? Can you guess what it was? Folks, it's nice. To be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper